I'm Steve Conover. And I'm Chris Katolka. And this is the Friends of Israel Today. An early happy Thanksgiving from all of us here at the Friends of Israel. Chris, tell us what's coming up. Yeah, with Thanksgiving this week, we're going to look at the original Thanksgiving feast from the book of Leviticus. If you think you made a lot of food for Thanksgiving, wait till you hear what an Israelite had to eat just to say thank you to God. And then we're going to hear from our very own Friends of Israel representative in Australia. He's going to share how God has opened doors to minister to hundreds of Israelis in the land down under. And after that, apples of gold, stories from Holocaust survivor Zvi Kalisher. As we get into the news, Chris, I just love this story. It's not unusual to hear of talented basketball players from around the world, them coming into the NBA in the United States. But it's rare to hear of an NBA all-star going to another country to play especially for a small country like Israel. What do you have? Yeah, check this out. 14-year NBA veteran, six-time All-Star, and Olympic gold medal winner Amari Stoudemire has recently retired from the NBA to move to the city he calls my favorite city in the world. And he's talking about the city of Jerusalem. Now, Stoudemire may have retired from the NBA, but his career is definitely not over. He's now playing in Israel's premier basketball league on Jerusalem's team, Hapoel. Amari is also excited to continue a spiritual journey to trace back to his Hebrew roots. Stoudemire says, I hope it provides a great light to Israel and Jerusalem. Hopefully people will see that it's not as bad as people think it is. And so hopefully this will be the start of something great. Thanks, Chris. I just love that story. At the top of the show, I mentioned ways you could partner with our ministry financially. We have a gift catalog we send out annually, and we'll be telling you more about specific ways you can give to the Friends of Israel through our gift catalog. Stay tuned for that. Now here's Chris. So with Thanksgiving coming up this week, I wanted to focus in on the meaning of Thanksgiving from the Torah, from the Old Testament, the first five books of Moses. And this Jewish thanksgiving, if you will, um, is a concept that didn't come, that something I didn't come up with on my own. Actually, I was speaking at a church and, and the pastor said, Chris, I'd like you to do a message on thanksgiving. Actually, I'd like you to do a message on a Jewish thanksgiving. I thought this is going to be interesting. So I was happy to find out as I was doing my studies that there is a really, really, really important story that comes out of the book of Leviticus of all books on Thanksgiving. It actually, I started my study on this with the word for thank you in Hebrew. It's actually the modern word that I know. The modern word in Hebrew for thank you is todah. It's actually a word that's not just a modern Hebrew word. It actually comes from the Bible. And the first time that this word todah is used is in the book of Leviticus in Leviticus chapter 7. And it's connected to the thanksgiving offering. It's a word, todah is a word that to, to really show gratitude and thanks. Nowhere in the Bible do we get people saying thank you to one another, but there is a essence of a a word for todah that means gratitude. And this was a way the todah, the thank you offering, the thank you sacrifice, was a way for Israelites to say to God, thank you. And so I want to connect you with this amazing sacrifice. It, it falls under the category of sacrifices for the peace offerings, the, the shalom offerings to God, to have a peaceful relationship to, to God. And, and one of the things that's important to understand about the thanksgiving offering is that it's the one offering that wasn't required 
by Israelites. You, you never had to do the Thanksgiving offering if you didn't want to. There was no requirement. Every other sacrifice is a requirement under the law. You had to offer a transgression sacrifice or a, or a, a guilt sacrifice or a sin sacrifice or uh, a, a grain sacrifice. These were things that you had to do as Israelites. They were required, no ifs, ands, or buts. But the thanksgiving sacrifice was not required at all. And so this becomes something very important because I believe God is trying to communicate to us something important about thanks. Thanks isn't something that God wants us to do uh, mechanically. He wants us to give thanks to him from our hearts, something that comes from within us. So I want to unpack this thanks offering, the thanksgiving offering, the todah offering. And it's found in Leviticus chapter 7, verses 11 through 15. And this is what would happen. A thankful Israelite would begin by preparing 40 loaves of bread at his house. He'd get 40 loaves of bread together, four different types, 10 of each type, making 40 loaves. So he'd have to bake all of these loaves of bread. And then after he would get done baking all of his bread, he would choose his finest lamb or goat and travel to the temple in Jerusalem. And this walk, think about it, this walk could just be a few minutes for some Jewish people that lived close to Jerusalem or in Jerusalem. For some Jewish people, this could take hours or even days, depending on where you live, just to say thank you to God. When the thankful Israelite would arrive at the temple, he would give a portion of his bread to the priests, and the priests would take that offering, the lamb or the goat, and they would sacrifice it to the Lord. After the offering would be given back to the thankful Israelite, uh, that Israelite would then take it and barbecue that lamb. He would cook the whole thing up. And according to Leviticus 7.15, the thankful Israelite, who just wanted to say thank you to God, in Leviticus 7.15, it says that he was required to eat all of that lamb by the end of the day. Listen to Leviticus 7.15. The flesh of the sacrifice of his peace offerings for thanksgiving shall be eaten the same day it is offered. He shall not leave any of it until morning. Now listen, for thanksgiving, we buy turkeys that are 12 to 20 pounds, and they can feed a very large family with leftovers. I love the leftovers, but according to Leviticus, no leftovers are, are allowed here. None. They have to be eaten that day. And think about this. We're talking about a big 20-pound turkey that gives leftovers for a whole family. Here is one Israelite with tons of bread and a lamb that could be up to 200 pounds, and he has to eat this whole thing. How's he going to do this? Why, why would God do this to a thankful Israelite? Well, you're probably thinking this is impossible, but God actually designed it this whole sacrifice in an amazing way. See, the, the thankful Israelite wouldn't eat this meal by himself. It was designed to invite people to the table. He would essentially feed his friends, his family, and even strangers. And as they would sit around and eat, inevitably they would ask this thankful Israelite, why they are here in Jerusalem giving thanks to the Lord, which gave him the opportunity to glorify the Lord and all that he has done in his life. Rabbi Isaac Abravanel from the 15th century 
wrote in his commentary on Leviticus 7 that the fact that a great deal of food must be consumed in a short amount of time leads the thankful person to invite relatives, friends, and acquaintances to share in his meal and in his joy. He will thus have the opportunity to tell of the wonders and miracles that were done for him, and God's name will be publicly glorified. I just love the way the Lord structures the Todah sacrifice, the Thanksgiving sacrifice. First, it wasn't required. God doesn't want a manufactured thank you from us. Instead, he wants us to give to him all the praise and thanks he deserves from our heart. And second, the Lord didn't take the sacrifice for himself. Think about it. The offerer could have just left the whole lamb there for God and walked away and said, thank you, Lord, here you are. Instead, God demands that the thankful Israelite take his own offering and eat the whole thing by the end of the day, forcing him to offer all that food to other people, to bless others. In, in ways that we say thanks to God, God then allows us to bless others. You know, being thankful isn't this linear line, folks. It's not the beginning and the end where God blesses you with something and you end by saying, thank you, God. Being thankful is more cyclical. It's more circular. It begins by God blessing us, and then we get a chance to turn around and tell others about God's goodness, to give and to act and say thank you to God by doing something, by giving and sharing, and then pointing it, what, all back to God again. That's the beauty of thanksgiving, the thanksgiving offering, the Toda offering from the book of Leviticus. And I want to end with this, Jeremiah thirty-three eleven. Listen to what Jeremiah says when the millennial reign of Jesus Christ happens. Once again, there will be sounds of joy and gladness and the glad celebrations of brides and grooms. Once again, people will bring their thank offering to the temple of the Lord and will say, Give thanks to the Lord who rules over all, for the Lord is good and his unfailing love lasts forever. Chris just mentioned in his message that saying thank you to God is more than just words. It's finding ways to show our thankfulness to God through ways to serve Him and to give to others. A lot of you may only know the Friends of Israel through our radio program, but our ministry reaches all around the world in countless ways. Around this time of year, we'd like to share with our friends all of the great ways they can partner with us through our various ministry opportunities. Chris, can you tell our listeners some of the Friends of Israel ministries that get you excited about what God is doing? Yeah, I'm looking at our new catalog here, and one of the sections that gets me so excited is the children and young adult ministries that people can partner in to support. One of them being the Origins Program, sending young adults to Israel. It's a ministry trip that they can participate in in Israel. Also, providing clothes for children in Eastern European countries, or even the Israeli music and arts section, helping struggling Israeli families 
families find ways to teach their kids music and arts. These are all great ways that people can partner with the Friends of Israel to continue to bless Israel and the Jewish people. To see more of all the Lord is doing with the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry and ways you can partner in blessing Israel and the Jewish people, visit foiradio.org to download your free copy or call 888-343-6940 to get a copy mailed to you. That's 888-343-6940. Folks, welcome back to the program. Today, I want us to focus on the various ministries of the Friends of Israel. You know, the Friends of Israel, we have a saying, the sun never sets on the ministry of the Friends of Israel. And that's because we have ministry workers all around the world ministering all the time. And so speaking of having a great ministry rep with us, I have Dean Woods, who is with the Friends of Israel in Australia. Dean, great to have you on the program, my friend. Chris, it's great to be here and uh, lovely to share with your listeners. Dean, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do with the Friends of Israel in Australia? Twelve years ago, we came on board with the Friends of Israel, and it's been a wonderful experience as we've seen God grow his work. I mean, it was just Margaret and Dean and an office worker 12 years ago. Um, Now we're happy to report that we've got... uh, three additional couples and another making application and we're so grateful uh, for the growing work. We have uh, the Vigas in the city of Perth. Uh, We have Mark and Cathy Rogers in Melbourne, uh, Margaret and myself in Sydney and just three months ago we opened up the work in New Zealand, Simon and Joe Laurie. So we're just so thanking God for his faithfulness in sharing all these things and able to share these things with your people today. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on? What's some of the work that the Lord is opening up for you in this area of the world? Well, Chris, I'm excited to share with the people that uh, an amazing ministry of hosting Israeli backpackers has been opened to us. And uh, we've been doing this for over a decade now, nearly 11 years of the 12 years we've been with the Friends of Israel. We've stopped counting the number that we've hosted in our homes. That's extended to extended families uh, when we uh, go to Israel uh, because we have so many invitations to go and either revisit with the folk that we've hosted or to come and see the family and have a meal with them. So God's given us the ability and the health to go on and keep doing that. And uh, Backpackers is one of the main platforms. Well, okay, so let's back up here. Israeli backpackers. Can you can, can you unpack that a little bit? What are Israeli backpackers doing in Australia? Well, what happened is that the men have done three years in the Israeli Defense Force, the IDF, and the ladies, of course, have done two years compulsory IDF training as well. And in the initial years, Chris, we had... Uh, people aged 22 to early 30s. It was mostly young people. At any one time in Australia and New Zealand, there were 2,000 Israeli backpackers, and um, uh, that's how they came to be with us, because they they travel, 
go to the iconic tourist places, and uh, we've given up counting. It'd be uh, way over the 100, and if you talk about extended families, it would have to be in the 300-plus mark. That's amazing. So these... IDF soldiers, these young Israelis are leaving the army. They finished their service. Now they want to get out and see the world. So they're putting on backpacks and they're going all over the world, really. But one of the hot spots is Australia. And you have put yourself out there and you said, you know what, Lord, we want to allow this to be an opportunity to minister to the Israelis that are literally walking right through our community. That's an amazing thing. Can you tell us some stories, anything that you can share with us about an experience that you had? Yes, I'll just give you three very quick illustrations. There was one report, they come to Sydney for the uh, fireworks, which is on New Year's Eve, and we had one couple who we hosted three times, and they've just recently asked us to come to their home. I left some literature that I'd written on Messiah in the Psalms, and Chris, just in the last few days, we've talked on the phone, and he said the content of that has really touched my heart, and I'm thinking as to who Messiah is. Another was a uh, lecturer in a university, and uh, he and his wife came, again, retirees, and he said to us around the table, I'd love to share my favorite chapter which was Ezekiel 16, and I called him by name. Oh, I said, do you know what that means? Oh, yes, I said, it's about the baby that is thrown into the field. I said, it's Israel, past, present, and future. And, of course, I had the opportunity of sharing my favorite chapter, Isaiah 53. The third one was a younger Israel and his wife on their honeymoon. They went to a home, were given a Hebrew New Testament, he began reading the Gospels. The next home he went to, uh, that person shared something of the Messianic promises. Three weeks after getting the Bible, he came to Dean and Margaret's home, and he said, Dean, as we were talking, I began to see that the promises of Messiah are found and, being ful- and were fulfilled in Jesus of Nazareth. And then I got to Isaiah 53, how could I not believe? Chris, the wonderful story was that a few days later, at his own request, he asked, could believers come? And he was baptized to openly confess that uh, Yeshua, Jesus, was his Savior and Messiah. Praise God. Dean, how can someone listening right now help the Friends of Israel Australian ministry? What are some of your biggest needs, my friend? Well, we have a growing representative staff, and if folks wanted to share... Uh, In that ministry, you have Kevin and Noreen Vigas in Perth, and uh, we have the office in the city of Adelaide, another large Jewish community, the city of Melbourne, where Mark and Kathy Rogers are. We're in Sydney. And, of course, Simon and Joe Laurie have just opened up the field in New Zealand. If they would like to pray for this ministry, pray for the representatives, uh, or maybe be able to share in other ways, that would be great. Folks, this is a great opportunity to partner with Dean and the ministry happening in Australia. All you have to do to, to, to be a part of what Dean is doing, to either give to the ministry or to be prayerful partners in the ministry, is just go to foiradio.org, and right there on our page, you will find a link that will connect you to the Australian ministry. You can find that at foiradio.org, and also, while you're there, you can either download the PDF of our gift catalog or you can request to have a 
printed copy sent to your house. Dean, thank you so much for being on the program, my friend. It's been a great privilege and pleasure, and uh, thank you for the opportunity. God bless, my friend. Now, Apples of Gold, a dramatic reading from the life and ministry of Holocaust survivor Svi Kalisher. I was recently called to the tax office for an audit. The man working that day was a very religious Jew. Upon checking my records, he found I didn't know anything more. He then gave me a slip of paper with a date on it. I said, you are a religious Jew. Why do you use the date of the Christians? The man laughed and said, you are the first one who ever told me this joke. This is not a joke, I told him. It is approximately 1,981 years since Jesus came. Why do we use this Christian date when we have our own date, 5741? How do you know that, the man asked. I can never remember our date. I told him, it is good then that I have reminded you of it. Without even knowing it, you are following after Christ every single day. But we must follow after his way. My comment surprised him. I continued, Are you sure you are saved, that your sins are forgiven? He replied, You speak too much. Our conversation was about taxes, and now you want to know all about me. No, I told him. I only want to help you open your eyes so you will realize all is not taxes. We must also tell people how to be saved. If we are called before the Lord tomorrow, we must give an account of our lives. He then asked, Do you think I called you here so you could preach to me? Yes, I do. Maybe it was not your will, but it was his will. How do you know this? I answered. I owe nothing on my taxes. I must be here to give you my testimony about the Lord our Savior. But I'm a religious Jew. I know nothing about your Jesus. How can you speak about a new faith? I responded, I have not come with anything new. As it is written, there is nothing new under the sun. I then read Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 27, and he said, this is good because it is written in our own Bible. One of the other clerks in the office came over and told him, he will tell you that you must be baptized and become a Christian. They were surprised when I opened the Bible and showed them Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-five, where it says we are to be baptized in pure water. I then told the second man, if you want to be obedient to the Lord... You must be baptized. And then he asked, Are you baptized? Yes. How could I speak to you about the Lord if I myself was unclean? The Lord has promised those who come to him, I will put a new spirit within them and take the stony out out of their flesh and give them a new heart. The Lord is always ready to forgive. But sooner or later the end will come. You will not be able to say, Lord, I never heard about you. No, the Lord warns you many times. If you will remove the dust from your eyes, you will be able to see the right way 
Now that you know all this, do not be satisfied only to use his date, but start to follow in his footsteps. I can truly say they were glad to hear this. I'd like to encourage you once more as we close to download our annual Friends of Israel gift catalog to find out about all of our various ministries happening around the world. Ministries like our children's camp in Israel and Poland, our medical clinic in Argentina, and the ministry to Israeli backpackers in Australia that we heard about from Dean Woods today. You can get your free Friends of Israel gift catalog by simply visiting our website at foiradio.org or call our listener line at 888-343-6940. That's 888-343-6940. This catalog of unique opportunities is a wonderful way for you and your family to bless Israel. The Friends of Israel Today is a production of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We are a worldwide Christian ministry communicating biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah while fostering solidarity with the Jewish people.